0: This episode of It's That Episode is sponsored by Audible.com, the leading provider of audio of all different types, audio books, audio files, audio... um, uh, I should have prepared more, but everything audio is there. Uh, If you are a fan of It's That Episode, you can get a free 30-day trial and a free book on me if you go to audiblepodcast.com backslash Craig Rowan. Uh, This week, Dave Blubman and I are watching an episode of You Bet Your Life with the writer Ray Bradbury on it. Uh, If you go to Audible.com, you can get many of Ray Bradbury's books uh, on uh, audio tape version files uh if you go to, they have fahrenheit 451 they have the martian Chronicles. something wicked this way comes and over 150 thousand other books get one on me go to audiblepodcast.com backslash craig rowan c-r-a-i-g-r-o-w-i-n um let's get to the show well, it's that episode not that episode not that episode it's that episode it's that episode with craig rowan welcome to it's that episode the podcast where i craig rowan invite a guest over my apartment we watch any tv show that they choose we watch it we talk about we talk about a bunch of other crap today i'm excited my guest uh from ucb theater from the chris gethard show from uh beta teams uh on the ucb internet all over the globe, is Dave Bluband.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: Good. How are you? Good. Getting very excited to be here. It's Horse Plus Horse is the name. Yeah,
1: of it? Horse Plus Horse is the team I'm on.
0: I felt bad if I got it wrong, and then so I said made a Team. And but that's, that's really a funny. video. It's a video group that makes videos on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, but who cares about that? We're here to talk TV, not internet. Mm-hmm. And we're going to old school today. Oh yeah. So why don't you tell us what show you decide to watch and why?
1: Uh well Craig I I wanted a I was really torn of what to watch but I f- I settled on You Bet Your Life which is the Groucho Marx hosted game show from the early fifties
0: right so this was a show that was um started as a radio show actually in mm-hmm. forty seven and yeah. then trans uh, then went over to TV and I think it was on radio and TV at the same time for a while yeah
1: they had they had I I I didn't know this was a thing and it's kind of cool that it that this existed but you can have like a show on the radio and, like, also on television. Yeah. It's two separate programs just, like, going on at once. It's
0: pretty badass.
1: It's pretty cool. And, I, I and like, the interesting thing about the show is that um, only recently did it start being available online. I think it's, like, it came on Netflix for a while. It's on Hulu Plus now, too. And it's weird to see a show that old translated onto a streaming system right, because yeah. it's, like... It's edited in a very, like, oh, TV editors, they didn't exist then, so it's, like, super weirdly edited, and it's it's, it's interesting.
0: Yeah, it's definitely weird, and I think I read that there was something like this was one of the first shows to be shot in front of a live audience that was edited, Mm -hmm. and that wasn't, like, just put on like whole or something i don't know maybe i'm totally wrong this isn't a show that's well researched my the podcast I have. <laughs> that's what yeah. i love about it and that's why i'm sort of like <laughs> nervous about this one because like the marx brothers Groucho marx they're like comedy sort of you know they're legends mm-hmm. and i don't have i mean i've read a biography of Groucho marx i've seen a, a handful of their films but i don't have like a deep like i have and I have a deep respect, but i don't have like a deep knowledge base for them so what's your experience with the marx brothers uh, and well, what's your your experience base
1: well craig that that is where I come in I <laughs> have been a huge i'm like a huge marx brothers fan and i 've been all my life um i've watched like all of their movies multiple times i know i've like watched documentaries about them and like read about them all the time they're like they are personal heroes of mine and because right. they're like it, it, as a, if you're a comedy nerd, you'll have respect for this. They are like one of the first comedic troops to
0: move from stage to Hollywood. Yeah, they went from vaudeville mm-hmm. to Hollywood, mm-hmm. and it's very. Yeah, it's also a real like American story too. They're immigrants, yeah. uh, from New York City, mm-hmm. and they sort of made their way from stage to screen. It's yeah. like the real old school Hollywood.
1: It really is. It's like if you want, if you really wanted to say they are like the first sketch group to get a movie deal,
0: and they're hilarious i watched they're hilarious duck soup recently and i i mean i was cracking up at harpo marks like i was literally there's nothing funnier than his physicality it's just unbelievable and totally translates like it's yeah. th- because they're very sl- like some of the slapstick stuff just like really i mean a lot of this uh, all, most of the stuff held up but it was it's like amazing
1: it's genius it's it's like true genius like it can stand the test of time it's, they're all those movies are one uh, like duck soup is a great, movie because it's their first really big Hollywood picture and it's mostly it's very vaudevillian it doesn't have like a film structure yet.
0: Yeah it's definitely it has the plot but the plot like within the first minute of the film I think I might have mentioned this on another episode of the podcast but they set up the film immediately yes. like within the first minute, minute. it's like yes. we're going to war like the, the kings did like we need to bring the new ruler we're going to war like everything and then Groucho Marx just shows up.
1: I like I. this is how nerdy I am I watched the the other day i was like is that true and then i timed it i like literally it's it's under 60 seconds how they set up the entire Wait, premise you, of the film
0: did you literally time it yeah what did you use as a my time?
1: iphone my like iphone timer i wow. like i was like because i was like no this is really quick and then i like did it and i was like oh my god this is 50 seconds and they set up everything they
0: set up everything and it's sort of also just i mean it's a, what around like a 60 minute movie And it's just packed to the gills with hilarious scenes. uh,
1: I will, like, for those of you who haven't seen it, the ending is batshit crazy. Yeah, the (laughs) ending
0: is crazy. I mean, it's crazy. The war itself is like, all right, they just sort of, like, threw everything in there. But there's so many scenes that just hold up. So... To get into this show, mm-hmm. this is after the Marx Brothers sort of dissolved. I mean, they were obviously still brought They were actually mm-hmm. lit- They were actually, they are, they were
1: actually And they're more
0: members. They're five altogether. Yeah,
1: there's Gummo and Zeppo. Gummo never did movies but became their manager later uh, in their career. And Zeppo was in, like, three movies. He was in Duck Soup. He's in Animal Crackers. and he's But in, he's, uh, like,
0: in Duck Soup. He's, like in the end towards the end like he's a straight guy and he's yeah. not he's not really like the comedic relief but some said the funniest off stage
1: he was yeah that's in the on the st- in the stage productions they say he was like he broke people up all the he's yeah. like the biggest he got the biggest laughs just because he was the straight man out of all three of them but then i think like as their career progressed they realized they don't need all four of them up yeah. at once and that the world can be the straight man to their like
0: to their crazy insane characters. To their anar- pure anarchy so this broad. is so this show is sort of after that Mm-hmm. and what's your take on the show as a whole
1: this show is the show takes place long after their career kind of died like the sad thing about it was like they made like uh a, a couple of very very successful movies in a row and then the, um audiences just got tired of their type of bro- like vaudeville was dying had already been dead for a lot for a while and it was kind of like the the like the culture had sort of changed, whereas like comedy didn't need to be that I guess broad anymore. However you want to put it, right. and they they like went out of favor. So they made one movie together. Their last movie together was called Love Happy, which only had Harpo and Groucho. Whoa. And then no that, Chico. Yeah, no Chico. He had already gotten sick, and I think he was one of the first ones to die. Uh, and he was, but so, but that, and Love Happy
0: was, a although flop. they did have a, an older brother that died as a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just throwing in, true. just throwing in a little nugget it's in true. there to bring it totally down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring it as dark as possible. So that was, what, Love Happy? Love Happy flopped and their careers
1: kind of went sour and then they didn't really do that much. And like, you know, but they were all, they were all millionaires from the movies they had made. So they were living comfortably, filthy,
0: stinking rich,
1: <laughs> yeah, really like obscenely rich. And Groucho's marriage was failing. His wife was an alcoholic. Which is
0: awesome. You know, <laughs> like really like awesome life. <laughs> really rich,
1: really, ri- really R- rich, terrible marriage, right. no career. Right. <laughs> and his managers approached him and was like, Hey, we want you to host this game show. Cause that's a, uh, fascinating thing about game show history if you've ever watched the movie uh quiz show or any or anything like game shows used to be hosted by comedic personalities because it was not about what the show like if you watch the show you can't figure out what the rules are
0: right like this show you bet your life the structure is basically just asking questions and the show is not about that the whole thing is that it's sort of Groucho just going off, doing his own thing, interviewing yeah. them, getting the sort of slice of life information, one liners more or less.
1: And it's also kind of like a de- It's it's, it's uh, I look at this show the same way I look at Orson Welles' uh, wine commercial or Which the is, uh, frozen bro- peas. Brilliant. It's, really, it's like it's this like sort of fractured image of who he is as a person and just like – Yeah, it's
0: sort of like – I mean and not to – because even in your email when you said that you're sort of – I don't know if you said something about it him being depressed or something, but it, there is something sort of in a way sad cuz it's like a fall from grace but at the same time it's like this show is on for like 10 years yeah. it's a cultural touchstone mm-hmm. lines from it are you know you know who is buried in Grant's tomb is like comes from this you yeah. know like that or maybe it was popularized by this and mm-hmm. like say the magic word a 100 dollars so it's yeah. still like a huge touch, like cultural touchstone Oh yeah no totally but it, it's it's still not the same as like the cr- probably the creative heights of course of the Marx Brothers
1: It rebooted it definitely rebooted re- like um uh, let, reminded people of who Groucho Marx was, right. like like oh, remember I'm, I'm still here. Yeah, and uh, uh, the sad thing though, uh, Groucho Marx died three days after Elvis Presley died, and his death was completely overshadowed. Oh, the... that's really
0: interesting. Yeah.
1: Wow, no, like the I think like where Elvis's death was front page news, right? Groucho was like third or fifth. Wow,
0: that's you know. All right. We (laughs) we see what that means. I understand that. And nobody's visiting uh, the Groucho version of Graceland called (laughs) Groucho. It'd be in the Bronx. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be. I went to Graceland, actually. Did you really? I did. How is it? What's it like? I mean, it's it's like it's much smaller than you'd expect, but you know, there's so much hype because you hear of Graceland your whole life, and I actually didn't really even know what it could be feel like. But it's just like a cool, cool to see like a crazy house from the '70s. You know what I mean? Like the the carpeting's crazy. Like the pay, Like the his TV room in the in the basement is like like. Purple and yellow, like crazy colors painted. So it's just like this cool sort of like I'm not a huge. I mean, I like Elvis, but right, I'm not a right. huge fan. It was just cool to see this like sort of Americana. Fan.
1: That's so funny to like. If he, that's a level of fame. I don't know if. It can exist anymore. Where after you die, they preserve your home. Well, and, be- and it becomes an attraction.
0: I'd say the only person that could have matched that was ja- Michael Jackson. Right. Yeah. Too bad he was a pedophile. Right. I I,
1: nobody would want to go to yeah, that house.
0: Sort of. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm b- breaking news. I think he might have been a pedophile. Yeah. I mean, just like you know, spoiler alert. Well, yeah. I mean, spoiler alert. If you're just getting into like, <laughs> if this is your first delve into like pop culture at all. Spoiler alert: Michael Jackson might be a pedophile, or, or he pretty much was. Um, so, so yeah, so like, so in his later years, Groucho Marx. But he did. Uh, oh, I read a little story online when I did a little research of this show that his grandson was the one who saved all the tapes. Yeah, that 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 was like he wrote his. I think his Andy Marx or something wrote his article online yeah. about how he's in the seventies. He was invited over to his, or he was at his grandfather's for lunch, and all these famous people like Jack Nicholson and uh, Marcel Marceau. So. Mm-hmm. were there and somebody from like the film company or you know NBC or whatever was like we're we're burning all these tapes tomorrow if or we can send them to you. And Groucho was like, Yeah just burn them. But his grandson was like No no. Oh his grandson and Jack Nicholson, which is amazing, <laughs> We're like, no you should save them. And they're like five UPS trucks came with all these tapes. And then so they cool. signed a deal to get them syndicated. So in the seventies these were syndicated again and it's sort of like was the resurgence because of the sort of counterculture.
1: That's so amazing. Uh, yeah. Because like the, the sad thing about it when you watch this show and I'm like, I've, I've always been like a purveyor of found footage things. I and love I, it, Like footage, I yeah. love, I love it so much. And, uh, I consider this like sort of that, even though it's more in the, in the, po- in the pop culture lexicon, but it's like, you can tell from the way he talks to the audience that he just doesn't want to be there. <laughs> and that's the best part about right. the show is that it's this old, it's this old man. It's basically your, if you're, if you woke up your grandpa right. and made him tell stories and right. he just didn't want to, right. that's like what it is. And it's a show about that.
0: That's, it's called old, old grumpy grandpa. <laughs> yeah. That's the alternate name of the uh, show.
1: Like he would have, he would have much rather like uh, uh, written new bits or wish that his sense of humor was wasn't like, um... I watched an, an interview with him on Dick Cavett and he talked about his career and he talked about like how one of the things is like, yeah, you know, I, I, I look around and most of the people I work with are dead and I'm like, what? that's crazy. That's nuts. Like he talked about Margaret Dumont, who's yeah. the, the
0: straight, straight the, woman, the straight
1: yeah. woman in most of their films and like the, the, like uh Rufus T Firefly, that, <laughs> that woman, that girl, if you see all of their movies and how she was like, just straight up, didn't get, any of the jokes right yeah, yeah <laughs> it was like was... that like that that's her <laughs> yeah. like that character she plays is just her as a person
0: right which is <laughs> hilarious
1: it's so funny and how like they would be like like if if, if groucher told a joke he's like do you follow me well quit following me otherwise i'll have you arrested and, mm-hmm. and she's like well, what does that mean after the t- after the take was done and he's just like Get the fuck away
0: from me. <laughs> I can't explain this to you. Is it just that she was older, maybe, that she didn't get it? Or was could she... be. I'm not like, sure. That's so funny that she just couldn't follow. She just like... could not keep up with <laughs> yeah.
1: the thing, but she was so perfect.
0: Yeah, she's such a perfect straight straight she's woman.
1: really the best. It's, it's <laughs> awesome. It's so funny.
0: That's so great. So we're going to watch an episode <laughs> of... Uh, uh, you bet your life, and I believe we're gonna. I'll pay, zoom it to over there. Oh, we're gonna watch from one technology to the other. For I'm not gonna explain further. I'm gonna get the audience confused about what, <laughs> what's happening physically. But you pick this one, so why don't you say which episode you picked?
1: Um, this is, I believe, uh, number fifty. 50- excuse me number 55 episode 55 on, on on if you look on hulu plus i think it's the second episode they have
0: and uh, we found i also found it on youtube mm-hmm. as well
1: but uh, uh, this episode another crazy thing about this show is there i i don't know how they screened audiences back then for game shows you know yeah, contestants i mean but there's like an odd number of like the most random amalgamation of celebrity guests on the show.
0: Yeah, I think they did they they, they started doing uh sort of uh mix of between regular people and like people associated with celebrities, like family members of celebrities yeah. or whatever, and then they sort of started working in actual celebrities. Tony as well.
1: Curtis's mom was yes, a guest. I
0: saw that one. Which was insane. Yeah.
1: And uh and I saw one that I thought was really interesting where it was uh Ray Bradbury was a guest.
0: Science fiction Science writer.
1: Science fiction writer Ray Bradbury. A very 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 young and and the f- interesting thing about that is he's not a celebrity at this point. Fahrenheit 451 just came out,
0: so this is this is this is when he's just hidden the scene. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited to see that. I, I've never seen this. Have you seen this one?
1: Uh, I've I have I, I tried to watch it and I fell asleep. <laughs>
0: great, great. So we're waking up right now and we're checking out your bet your life number 5535. I don't know the one with Ray Bradbury. Let's do it. <laughs>
2: Are you a Ray Bradbury? Yes, sir. Where are you, where are you from, Ray? Uh, Waukegan, Illinois. Uh-huh. Waukegan, uh, how yes. long ago? 35 years. 35? Yeah. Well, Jack Penny was born in Waukegan about that time. Did you happen to know Jack uh, No, back there no, no. I, uh, I don't uh, know him, but my mother went to school with Jack. By <laughs> <laughs> well, that dirty crook. Huh? <laughs> What kind of a job do you have, Ray? I'm a writer. What kind of a writer? Pony Express, a uh, motorcycle, or what? Writer, W-R-I-T-E-R. Oh, it's very refreshing, a writer who can spell. <laughs> <laughs> you you can't be much of a writer. What, what have you written besides notes to the milkman? Uh, well, a number of books, uh, one called Fahrenheit 451, one called The Martian Chronicles, uh, another called *The Golden Apples of the Sun*, all from Doubleday. A lot of short stories for *The New Yorker*, *The Post*, *Collier's* magazines of that sort. Well, you're a real successful writer. Huh? Well, have you done any other writing besides science fiction and short stories? Yes, I've done one screenplay, the screenplay of *Moby Dick* for John Huston. Oh, really? Well, that was a whale of a job, wasn't it? Huh? <laughs>
0: All right, we just checked out. Uh, you bet your life. Mm-hmm. What's uh, what? What do you think?
1: Um, I think the something that stood out to me was that all of the questions are insanely easy, super
0: easy questions,
1: to like the point where it's. Not the and they spend such little time on the actual game.
0: The game is uh, feels like an afterthought, mm-hmm. which is amazing because like the final answer, the final question was uh, I think it was Vincent Massey was yeah. in the news a, a lot in the news recently. What position does he hold? And they answered Prime Minister of Canada. Yeah. and his answer was like it was he's
1: the Governor General of Canada.
0: And then they're like, oh, you got it wrong. All
1: right. <laughs> See you next time. And that's it. And that's the end of the show. There's no outro. No, thank you for watching. No,
0: nothing. Just that's it. But then what's interesting is that's the game itself is basically nothing. Yeah. But the part that they lean on, which is most of the show, which is the interaction between Groucho and these people are just finding out about their life. Yeah. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Not even like Del. I mean, it, it's interesting to watch just. And I think as sort of like. um since this episode is probably from the early 50s it feels like a time capsule and you're seeing into these people's lives or yeah. But it's just like sort of basic questions like what do you do for a living? Uh, where do you live?
1: Groucho makes some corny joke he and, makes... then just, and then just like kind of rolls with it. He, and he, he really doesn't want to be there. He couldn't give he could give two shits about the Yeah,
0: people. he really doesn't care. So why don't we go through – well, let's talk about each couple a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, let's talk about the – so the, the, uh, when this aired, it was uh, they called it the best of Groucho because they replayed a lot of these episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then – I was going to ask you if you knew, like at the beginning of the episode, it says uh, the Groucho Show or You Bet Your Life, and it shows like a duck that looks like Groucho Marx. Do you yeah. know what's the duck story? I have
1: no idea. I'm, that's that's what that, like in my little in my little notes, I was like, why did they choose? Why a duck out of yeah. anything else? Like I have no idea. I
0: guess it looks like him. I
1: suppose. Yeah, it has maybe. The-
0: Ducks were hot back then and Like the Daffy Duck the, Donald Duck
1: <laughs> The hot ticket Yeah They were like,
0: like a, The mascot of television <laughs> We gotta throw a duck in there Because the kids love it
1: And the weird thing about I, Maybe it's just This particular episode But we don't even See the duck That comes down With the word
0: Right cause what the, So the, one of the things Is that if If the people uh, If any of the contestants Say the magic word Which yeah. is a regular Everyday household word Like house Or watch Or car Or something Right and I think in this episode it was House. Mm -hmm. If they say it, they get an extra $50 in this Mm -hmm. incarnation of the show. Mm -hmm. And then like a duck would come down and have the magic word. But in this case, a gorilla came down.
1: Yeah. Like a gorilla, a man a a gorilla in a gorilla suit, suit, which I'm like, something must've either happened that day that they're like commemorate. Like it's, there's some references. I it's don't just get one of
0: those goofy, crazy <laughs> jokes um, of a guy in a gorilla suit. But you do like, I mean, I was still trying to think, cause he had a, a number of like super cheesy jokes, right? Mm-hmm. Mixed in with some sh- pretty sharp jokes. Yeah. But like, were the super cheesy jokes, cheesy back then do you know what i mean
1: yeah i'm wondering it's like to me i i think they were probably like oh this is this is hilarious now i'm trying to think
0: of do you remember one of his jokes
1: um i remember he was like uh uh oh well the the the, the one i remember that i liked that was really good that was um uh, uh when he talks about like when he asked that woman how um how late things stay open and right. And like, uh, it like, oh, oh fuck. What was it? The, it like, uh, Oh, I, I once took a, uh, like, a uh, I once took the wrong bell and she, <laughs> oh fuck.
0: Oh, you know, it's the guy, the guy is a, uh, one of the guys was a vagabond bell ringer. That's it. And he, uh, and Groucho was saying like bells, like women. Yeah. You yeah, yeah, yeah. have to make the analogy to women. And then he was like, no, he's a guy who travels the world and rings, Famous or big or like, which no, is also
1: just a weird job.
0: Amazingly, to have. Weird, That's amazingly
1: job. weird job. And, to have.
0: and then Groucho made the joke about him uh being out, and the bell, uh the bell rang at midnight. At
1: midnight, yeah. That, the bang rang at midnight. It rang all night. It rang to the police. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Which is like, did Groucho? Rape, rape someone? rape somebody. Sorry, that's awful.
0: Um, but that's the type of racy joke. But then there's some that he'd like. It would just be corny plays on words yeah. where they would laugh. And you're like, I guess... This was, may- I mean, maybe it was corny back then, but maybe that was before it was corny because yeah. it wasn't as cliched as it is
1: now. There's one I've been trying to find the, the episode that has this, but the most famous uh, story from the show is there. was like a contestant that he's talking to. It's this woman, and the woman mentions in passing that she has like an obscene amount of children. Like, yeah, she has twenty children. Twenty children, and and he's like, "What? Are you, are you ser- seriously, you have twenty children?" He's like, "She's like, well, I, what can I say? I love my husband," and he, and he's like. Oh, I love my cigar, but I take it out of my mouth every once in a while.
0: (laughs) Right. And supposedly that was cut from Mm – so I read a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. So that's the cigar incident on Wikipedia. Yeah. And uh, if that's your reference point, which maybe or maybe not, (laughs) it might be mine. Uh, But yeah, supposedly that happened in a radio show and they cut it. But I think that it turned out that that was more a legend because they found the tapes. And there was a reference to cigars, but there was not that joke.
1: Oh, okay. I was, I was trying, story. it's a great story. I was trying to find which one, like, like if it was on television, that was, <laughs> because that's like a, for that time, that's a really racist really joke.
0: Well, I, <clears throat> where did I read either? Maybe it was in the, no, it wasn't in the biography that I read of him. Maybe it was like a, something I listened to a radio program, but that's somebody talking about doing LSD with Groucho Marx. <laughs> Which just sounds like That's, the weirdest. That'd be amazing. I want to find out what that is. I won't remember even that I mentioned this, but I'll hopefully do some research and find out what that is. <laughs> um, there's, another, there's another story. There, well, the, well, I watched one episode a
1: while ago when I first like, saw it. it was on Netflix. And there's one. There's like, you know, he interacts with all these people. And you can tell he sort of doesn't really want to be there. And some of the people he's entertained by and some of them he's just like, well, whatever. I, I, couldn't, I don't care about these people. And there was this one woman who like talks about how good of a cook she was, and uh-huh. but she was a little she was a little overweight. And she was like, "I'm a very good cook, and I, I love food." And she, and he's like, "Yes, I can see that." And this is like, "Oh no, no. That's, sort of mean. that's
0: so mean." Yeah, why would you st- why would you say that? Well, what I was interested in me about this is a lot of the people. So um, Ray Bradbury is on that. Yeah, we'll, t- Ray- we'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I noticed too was that. Um The people were sort of ordinary people. So like this bell ringer had obviously an amazing hobby or whatever. I don't even know what you would call that. Yeah. uh, Passion. Uh, Then there was sort of a widow. Yeah. um, Who – she's a babysitter. So not much. But – he, even though he, as you're saying, sort of phoning it in, he still gets, like, they seem interesting.
1: You oh, know yeah, because I mean? they're like, talking to Groucho Marx. Like, that's he, the fun part.
0: He does a really good job. There's one woman from Oklahoma mm-hmm. who just tells a story about how she met her Husband, Mm -hmm. he he went to uh, She went to a dance with another guy. She danced with this guy, but Groucho helps make it funny. Yeah, like makes her the center of it. Mm -hmm. She's talking throughout it. It's like a really good interview. You know,
1: it's a very good interview, and he makes like her the subject of the story without drawing too much attention to himself. Yeah, other than like you know the occasional joke about some slip up she said or like realizing what she's saying is actually kind of insane. It's also a very 50s story. Yes, of like I went to a dance with another man.
0: out till (laughs) two AM Um and uh one of the other interesting things was that so part of the game show is the way the structure of the show is uh two people come out, a man and a woman uh, Groucho interviews each of them, finds out some information about them, then asks them four questions, yeah. and they wager some money on it. I think and them...
1: the questions are based on a predetermined category that they decided before the show even began. Which doesn't like, make which sense. Which doesn't make sense at all.
0: So the first one, for instance, was films, mm-hmm. and that was Ray Bradbury and this woman, Letitia J. Holloway. Which
1: also, I, I, I will say, an old white woman named Letitia is very funny to That me. was really funny, <laughs> yeah. That was. It's like a really old grandma named Letitia. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> really funny um and uh yeah leticia and, and they answer four questions and they wager they start with 100 dollars. they wager that money mm-hmm. towards each question mm-hmm. and then they win however much money they're sent away two other people come out they're interviewed uh they wager money on a different subject the second one was uh uh was uh, to, uh explorers explorers yeah and then uh which is so weird Such a compared weird, like, to film yeah. like and then they they win the money they go back uh and the third group uh the two people come out they're interviewed same thing and then whoever has the most money from that comes back again and answers one question
1: yeah for like for 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 double the money i think for like won, yeah for it like was a fifteen hundred dollars for
0: fifteen hundred. which
1: is also like i don't know if that's a lot of money for the time but that's like Obviously, compared to now, it's that's not that much money. Yeah, but
0: I bet back then that back was, then, yeah. that was probably like five ten thousand dollars. Yeah, that's probably, that probably was. But
1: to me, it's just like, oh wow! But like this, if you say the secret word, you get one, you get uh, like fifty or a hundred dollars, right? And. I, yeah, I guess that. I guess back then
0: that's probably more than I'm giving it credit for. It's not bad. That's a, not good bad. a good amount, money amount of money for 1952. That's, that's, that's true. Like, that's, that's, that's not just uh, you know like f- f- five cents bought you a hot dog and a yeah. dinner and a movie. That's, and all that.
1: that's true. I guess I, like yeah. He they, they, they mentioned that when when Letitia's like, "What do you do now?" Oh, which is also, she mentioned that she's a widow. Just on this like, yeah. like how how long have you been married? It's like oh well I'm, I'm a widow now. Oh well I'm I'm sorry to
0: hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like just these, <laughs> these moments like I've worked on a game show, so like I know, like y- y- somebody pre-produces finds out some of this information. Like that's something that you'd like try to avoid, you know. <laughs> right. Unless, unless of course it's like I'm the widow of somebody, fam- or that's the story, right, right, right. But right. like if it's just like ooh, bully, like, <laughs> you want to avoid that completely. Um, another thing that I was noticing was like the women were always. It, it, now it, we only watched one episode, but in this episode particularly, like the guys pretty much answer the question told the answer to the women and the women would say it which right. just felt really weird
1: it felt really weird and i and i've and i've watched like several episodes at the, at this point and they all kind of have that all of the women either are completely unaware of the answers or are just quiet for most of the game yeah. portion of the show and it also sorry uh, not, my my phone rang
0: just ran you get
1: out eh, no um the it seems to me because all of these like predetermined categories are decided off stage. Makes no sense, but whatever. And it seems like the men chose
0: the categories. Yeah, because the film film Ray Bradbury knew all the films. Uh,
1: Ray Bradbury killed it. Yeah, and <laughs> he then, rocked this game.
0: And then yeah, for the geography, yeah, for both of them, the mm-hmm. guy So listen, what we're saying is, s- s- sex politics has changed over the years. <laughs> like this is different now. Yeah. We're equals. Yeah, you know? now we're equals. Now, now women can decide what categories they want to play for in in games in where game you're. Shows. It's two strangers working <laughs> together, and you don't know each other, and you have to make choices. But it seems like such an arbitrary, it's so like arbitrary.
1: like a, a man and a woman couple. They don't know each other. They're just paired together completely randomly, for no reason
0: at all. It's, and we don't find out why. We don't find like we never find out like oh, Ray Brad... They chose film, and he didn't say why he chose film. You know, like... This is the beginning of television. So, Mm -hmm. like, it's just exciting to see people answer these questions. You sort of know the answers to the questions or you might not. Like, they're very simplified and it's just easy to follow. There's nothing – there's no more than the surface level. Right. Like, it's always that. It's like you can watch
1: it and kind of – you can watch it mid-program and kind of be on board immediately without having to figure anything out.
0: Um, But I did like – speaking of um, going back to uh, sex politics Mm – uh, which my show, this podcast is known for sort of highlighting and uh, <laughs> discussing is sort of, it's one of the themes, but I like that Letitia J. Holloway, she was a Widow, Widow she was 76 mm-hmm. and she sort of said something that was pretty uh, forward thinking where Hell she yeah. was like, I don't like the, uh, she's like, he's like, are you going to remarry? And she said, no. Uh, and I don't think I'm not a good cook. So I don't think people want to marry me because I'm uh I'm not one of those women who likes the 8, 12, 6 routine. I don't want to spend the last 25 years of my life doing that. Right. Which I
1: thought was pretty badass. That was pretty badass of her to say, and just like on television. She's like kind of beaming with pride when yeah. she's saying it. Like the audience is like applauding. Yeah, it's it was really cool. cool. It was pretty great. There's like another episode I remember seeing where this old Italian woman who's, who was also a widow had mentioned it, and she was like, I've been a widow for 70 years. And then she's like, and she's like, oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Are you. Thinking about remarrying And she's like Yes, I'm looking for somebody right now And just like everybody Like the audience breaks up It's amazing It's
0: really Well, that's the other thing Like you don't often see on TV Like your average game show By the way, your leg is bent In such an amazing angle Really? It's really, really impressive uh, Like your <laughs> le- <laughs> You cross your legs And your leg Your foot was like touching your waist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I get like, I often like get weird stares on the train when I sit down because I like don't, because I don't like to sit wide legged like like most guys do. And like I, I I tend to be like I do that too I like
0: I'm, I'm, I do that too Yeah and then, like
1: I was talking with somebody and they're like Are you okay Are you comfortable I was like Yeah This is just how <laughs> yeah. I mean sit and couches also make me
0: feel weird sometimes yeah, Well <laughs> we're we're, I, we're I'm glad to have you here <laughs> You're welcome here Your legs and all
1: That's funny um,
0: Wait So what was I totally I
1: totally lost my train of thought um, um, We were talking about
0: the woman We were talking about. Uh, God. Um, well, the I did want to talk a
1: little bit about Bray. Bradbury. Yeah, Ray Bray Bradbury.
0: Bray Bradbury. Bray Bradbury. Bray Bradbury. <laughs> <laughs> the leg comment just like totally derails the show. We're like, like, we can't do it. It's we just can't do it. We should just like stop right. This now. is totally <laughs> worthless. Stop <laughs> listening, Ray Bradbury.
1: So Ray Bradbury um, was. He mentioned he was thirty five on the show at the time of this program. He was thirty five years old. He's still a very new, young writer, but okay. he, he was established. He, he was established. established.
0: He'd written for the New Yorker. He'd, He'd written yeah. a couple, published a couple books. Yeah. And had written the screenplay for for
1: Moby Dick. For Moby which Dick. I didn't know, and because I, John I, Huston's for John Huston's Moby Dick, starring Spencer Tracy, and I I had I didn't know he did that, and uh, because he's written a bunch of other movies and screenplays and ghost written f- for. A very very long time and uh but fan height 451 had just been published right and i think just made the new york times bestseller and um I, I did i did research about this after i'd seen uh after i realized he was on the show and uh he mentioned the veldt which i don't know if you anybody has read that short story it's like i'm a huge bradbury fan okay and the, the veldt had just been published in i think colliers or he
0: said i think the saturday,
1: saturday evening, evening post, post that was it yeah and it's a and he's like essentially kind of promoting the story. He's like this is a new story I wrote. Yeah, he's yeah. a
0: new story, and he basically says the beginning, middle, and end yeah, of the story. He just
1: spoils the whole story, <laughs>
0: which sounds like a cool story. <laughs> it
1: is. It is really cool. I read it in I read it in high school, and it's actually like a cool. It's the first time you ever hear about something called um like. Virtual reality was not a thing,
0: right? The ba- the basic I, the, from what he described it was that it's uh, in the a family that has a, a TV screen that's the whole wall of a, the kids. Room. Yeah,
1: he's basically trying to explain like in the early fifties to an audience has never heard this concept before. Of like, there's a family that owns a virtual reality room, and the children are so spoiled by it that they play it and make their own world and kind of have disconnected from reality entirely. So when the parents try to intervene and be like hey you got to play outside with kids the children like who are obsessed with africa and wild animals they like trick the parents and lock them in the room so that the animals can eat them and then they can just be left to their own devices and just kind of play forever
0: right which is sort of uh, uh very obviously forward thinking mm-hmm. because nowadays like one out of every Ten parents is mauled by a, a tiger <laughs> from a virtual reality machine.
1: It happens too often. That's what. Yeah.
0: Um, no, but it is like really cool. Like that's. I mean, that's an amazing, amazing sounding story. And that's like, like I don't know, forty years before uh, like virtual reality stuff oh, became yeah. sort of like a real deal thing.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's really cool to see someone like someone like that who in I feel like. I don't know if it's as true anymore really cuz you have like you have famous writers like Jonathan Ames or right. Jonathan Franzen or like you know people who have been on television but like in the fifties, you could be a writer and be as famous as a movie star, or like sure, like, Truman, like Capote, Truman Capote, somebody like that. That's a were public like, figure. yeah, public figures, personalities, people yeah. that were on talk shows very, very often.
0: Yeah, where yeah, like now you sort of have to be a celebrity to write a book. Mm-hmm. That's why you'd be promoting it, or if you're a writer, you're just like yeah. not known. No. If you're
1: a writer, you can you can be on This American Life or a podcast, exactly. but
0: not like on the Tonight Show anymore. <laughs> no, know? yeah, totally. And look, like come on guys but that is what's interesting about this show is like again they're highlighting normal people with interesting stories but that's it like it's and and it's sort of refreshing to watch you know it wasn't watching this show this show is what uh you know 60 years old something Mm -hmm. like that and it's not boring you Mm -hmm. know what i mean it was definitely interesting it there's and and it's a little bit like sort of you know, watching it, it's a little bit of a lull, but it's like it was interesting throughout the whole thing. And there oh, yeah. was nothing to the show no. because the conversation was pretty good.
1: Yeah, the, I think Groucho Gretchen, is like, a very good host because he gets all these people to admit these things that are very, like, you know, private and personal about themselves. But also, like, did you like, you Watching the show now, for me, I was like, I kind of want to know what these people went on to do afterwards. Yeah, you know, sure. like what, what, how did they live the rest of their lives? Like they mentioned, like they, in, there was one episode where it was Li, Liberace was a guest.
0: Oh yeah, and this
1: was before he was like super, like he had gotten like you know famous by a certain means, but he was nowhere near like the story he became. And he was paired up with this teenager, this eighteen-year-old kid who had just graduated from high school. And, like, I, like, you know, Liberace was interesting, but, like, after watching that episode, I kind of wanted to figure out what happened to that kid. Yeah. Is he still alive? Like, what was it like meeting Liberace and being on national television? Yeah,
0: that'd be great. I mean, (laughs) I feel like also that would be interesting to see where people somebody do a documentary about it yes yeah. it would be nice to know uh like a little bit of stories about that
1: and like it yeah they and and you and you're right they they get people from all walks of life like they i saw in one other episode where it was this coal miner from kentucky who Whoa. was like six feet tall like feet. Six, 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 feet five inches tall I said six feet as if it was like the tallest
0: man that's the not that t- i mean that's like that's tall but if <laughs> this, guy,
1: you're like, this guy is five foot nine whoa. can you believe it they got this
0: guy oh my God. six foot can you believe it? Because
1: <laughs> like for television at that time, that's really
0: tall for the audience. Also, <laughs> you should know that David Blavins three inches tall.
1: I'm, I'm, uh, Craig's holding me in a hat right yeah. now.
0: Yeah, I hope you're comfortable. Your yeah. legs are crossed very strangely. But um, yeah, he was he was six foot five.
1: He was six foot five or some some, some actually impressively tall yeah. height. Right. Uh, and he was, but he's like a very shy like coal miner guy, like kind of like an aw shucks kind of guy like still a little like soot covered which was weird because being on television and like wearing wearing like you know a hat and everything and he was just like a guy. He wasn't like a TV. He was just switch.
0: capturing life. Yeah, it was definitely. capturing life a little bit. Yeah. Um, I also liked uh, one of the women was from Pasadena. Mm-hmm. And Grouch was just shitting on Pasadena <laughs> about it's all old people, which reminded me of the, I believe it's a Jan and Dean song called Little Old Lady from Pasadena. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a great song. Mm-hmm. I, I stopped the podcast, listened to that song. <laughs> uh, I like it a lot. And. Uh, he's shitting on her, or, or for being. Yeah, you like, stopped
1: the podcast and made me go into another room while you listened.
0: Yeah, we just—I just listened to all of Jan and Dean's. <laughs> by the way, sorry to mention this, all of Jan and Dean's collection yeah. of songs. So. You
1: didn't even let me listen to it. You just. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you want anything to drink? Are you okay? Because you—you totally you were in that room for like two hours while I was. You were just in an empty room.
1: I mean, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll deal with it now. So that, but you know, just. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> sorry about that. No, it's fine. I mean. You, you got to do what you got to do.
0: I had to listen to those songs. Um, so uh, she's from Pasadena, and, and then it turns out she's from the Chamber of Commerce of Pasadena. And it's like a perfect setup, punch, not one, two, knockout. Yeah. Um, but it was like, that was even interesting because she said something that I thought was so funny, which was that Pasadena has the lowest pollen count in like in America. <laughs> that's just such a funny, like fact about a place.
1: Yeah. It's a funny, that's a funny fact about, about a place that you would have just like on hand. Yeah. You can just pull out of your back pocket. It's like, Oh, my town has the lowest pollen count, which is
0: also as a person with allergies. I really respect that.
1: Yeah. I wonder if that's true still. I
0: have no idea because that's like because climate changes, right? And pollution and also pollution causes sh- yeah, yeah. Uh, allergies. Uh, allergies.
1: So I'm wondering, like, if Pasadena is as clean
0: as that anymore. I wish we had little machines that could help us find that out, but
1: yeah, but they haven't been invented. They haven't yet. been invented, and they never will.
0: <laughs> and if we have anything to do with it, <laughs> they never will um and there was uh oh that was weird too is at the end of that so that uh, that woman uh from pasadena's glory and she was with walter who he didn't learn anything about no we didn't learn anything about walt neal uh, so they must have like either run out of time or something but at the very end he she makes this remark about maybe walt will give her a job and it was like but uh, don't you already have a job and we don't we? know that he has a job we
1: don't really know anything about walt neal it was a weird sort of yeah yeah, I have no idea. Maybe they edited. Maybe they maybe like like they during the taping they had just like ran way over time. Right.
0: They ran over time. They cut it down to yeah. the 24 minutes. Mm-hmm. But I just want to know what his job was.
1: Yeah, cuz he was cuz he was like a guy that was like, "Oh, just a regular man." And
0: I want to find out maybe was he Vince Neil's grandfather? <laughs> Could be. You never know. Or not- Sam Neil? Now we'll. Now nobody will ever know. Nobody could ever find that out. We. I mean, I guess we could look up Vince Neal and Sam Neal's grandparents. grandparents
1: and see if they were ever on You Bet Your Life. And then I, we can find out if Vince Neal and Sam Neal are related. That would be
0: awesome. <laughs> I hope so for, for both of their sakes. Um, you're a Ray Bradbury fan. You mentioned mm-hmm. before. What? Uh, what's your? I don't. I know Fahrenheit 451. That's did, he this, did he write this – did he – there's one movie that I – this could be totally different, but it just made me think of it because he mentioned that he, in the show that he wrote a story called Martian uh, – Martian Chronicles. Martian Chronicles. Which is
1: like one of his more famous books. I, I love that way more than Fahrenheit 451.
0: There was a movie that we watched when I was in middle school where it was like the kids could go outside for like one day a year. Oh, yeah. And see the sun. I forgot what that's called. Is that, and that's not, the, it might not be. It feels probably in the same world as the Raid Bradbury world. That does,
1: that does seem very, that fa- that sounds very familiar. There's like, I read, all, I re- I mostly read his short stories when I was in high school, and I read four, Fahrenheit 451 because that's like just one of the books they give you to read in high school. Before um, they
0: make you burn it. Before
1: they make you burn it because, you know, high school loves book burning.
0: Yeah, high schools <laughs> love book burning, and they love, especially when it's ironic.
1: On, uh, <laughs> on, on, on <laughs> Uh, and uh he wrote this book called Something Wicked This Way Comes which is a good one um and um uh but his i would say i i like his short stories more than his like bigger novels just because they are they they he, a, he a he used he wrote a bunch of episodes of the Twilight Zone and, oh or okay. ghost
0: wrote them with oh well them which with was them. one of the other shows you're mentioning perhaps mm-hmm. watching yeah yeah
1: which I'm also a big fan of and I've seen like I listened to matt Fisher's episode right and uh was uh, uh thinking about other things we could talk about like other
0: were Twilight you disappointed Zones. in that episode
1: no no no, I loved it I thought it was great I just I was
0: I was picking out I was like mm.
1: I hope they mention this. Yep, they did. The <laughs> cool, that's good. No, I that's don't, what ha- I no,
0: always I don't fear. To... Like, I hope that, I don't know if there's somebody listening who's like a you bet your life fan or a Groucho <laughs> fan that somehow found this and are like these guys are fucking morons.
1: You know, it's weird. This is sad. Uh, so uh, all of the gr- all of the Marx Brothers' lives. Except Harpo was the only one that had, like, a very nice life and a good family. <laughs> and all the other ones had, like, really, like, tumultuous relationships. Like, Groucho's wife was an alcoholic and really, like, kind of a, a fucked up person. And, uh, and he was, like, just a neglectful husband <laughs> as well. Right. And his uh, son, Arthur Marx became a writer and wrote, uh, the, like, a biography about his father and their family. And Groucho tried- sued him. For Whoa. that i guess because he was like he did it without his permission and they like had like a giant falling out towards the end of his life and wow like i think they i think they reconciled it but it was like just a weird sort of fact to realize about that family It was like
0: oh that's crazy yeah wait so he, arthur marks the son wrote the book about uh the marx brothers mm-hmm. or his dad mm-hmm. did he write other stuff he
1: wrote. He wrote for the New Yorker. He's like a re- respected writer, like a non
0: Marx Brothers thing, right? Because like, that's so. We- I mean, that I want. Because I was going to say, if he didn't write anything and he was just like cashing in on his dad, <laughs> but that is weird. That's so crazy, just to think that, like, yeah, your de- I'm, I'm getting sued by my father. Mm-hmm. That I, idea.
1: Yeah, that's like that's a that's like a, a weird position to be in as a, as as anything, but also like if you're just trying to like. I want to write a biography about my famous dad and because, because I'm a writer and this is like, and I think he writes biographies for other people too. He's like a New York historian okay. and like does a bunch of other stuff. Um, he's, uh, I haven't read any, anything else by him, but I, I hear he's good. Okay.
0: I, and I've heard he's good from you <laughs> just now, um, just now. So I might check that out. I don't know. Wait, so was that book not released because of the, no, last... no it was, you can read it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wait, maybe that's the one that I read.
1: That could be it. Uh, it's like the, it's the most famous one. It's the, cause I, I think he, I think the biggest thing was he didn't discover, Garcher didn't hear about it until it was published. And it was already like being, which sold. means they
0: already had a terrible. Which
1: relationship. already like, they already had like a bad relationship. Because a book so takes like
0: probably like a year to write, and <laughs> you think that if you're in contact with your son, you might mention. Because
1: <laughs> like, they you "What are you doing? Oh, you know, just just working. Just <laughs> like... nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not writing a biography of you, Dad. <laughs> That's so weird. There is also a book that I almost bought, and I wish I had now, uh, but um, that was recently, re- or I don't know when it was released, but uh, about. This teenager or college guy who, like, worked for Groucho Marx for the like uh, at the end of his life. Mm-hmm. Do you know about that book?
1: I don't know about the book, but you know who the guy was. I've heard the story before. But...
0: Um, no.
1: Okay. Is like I've heard the, I've heard the story and I've heard like there's like all, there is this weird thing where like you take even Orson Welles like. Towards the end of like a very successful person's life, after they're kind of alone, <laughs> yeah, they, like have someone young living with them just to take care of them, yeah, you know, just, like, or be their assistant, like. Or when Orson Welles, towards the end of his life, lived with Peter Bogdanovich. Wow. And like the 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 he wrote uh, Paper Moon and like a bunch of amazing yeah. films. Like he was a, an amazing filmmaker. But when he was a young kid, he was like kind of helping Orson Welles through the last years of his life.
0: Wow, that's so... It is so crazy. I mean, I don't know enough about Orson Welles as well, but these, like, sort of fallen, you know, Hollywood people that just sort of, like, don't have sort of the family or the... They're just, like... But they're so revered by some people that, oh, yeah. that weird young men take care of them.
1: It's so weird because it's like there's that I, – I don't know if the movie Orson and Me was based on that. Uh, it's because I heard it wasn't very good and I didn't bother seeing it. But like uh, – because I don't do research either. Yeah, <laughs> But I do – but I am also an Orson Welles fan. I'm like a really old movie fan. Like I, I'm like – I've always been – so I, I like reading about them. And Orson Welles was like – a, like just a huge asshole <laughs> right? Like throughout yeah, his whole right. life. But he was like a genius. He was right. like, as a kid, he was like, his dad invented the gas lamp to put on bicycles at the time. Which Whoa, was like compa- I didn't
0: even know bicycles had gas, lamps. which was like a weird thing. Like, I like, but he, he, was, he was, he was like a millionaire because of it.
1: So yeah. And then his parents died. He was an orphan. He moved to Ireland and did theater and then like came back to America and started his own like, pr- like a uh, play company. Right. And then made radio programs and then wrote, and kane all before it was 24
0: years yeah old. which is amazing mm-hmm. but i i read something recently that because he did the war of the worlds yeah. thing, which was supposed to this hoax that but uh where martians were landing on earth it was sort of uh trick people mm-hmm. or people just misread it but then i recently read that it wasn't as big of a thing as people really said it was or i mean not as many people believe that it was real which when right. you think about it totally makes sense it
1: totally makes sense there was like uh there, I think like Herbert Morrison said that like oh it was like the um the radio announcer who uh, uh, uh uh, he's uh, oh the humanity, right? That's him. He when Hindenburg. the Hindenburg crash, that's the him. He was like you know
0: he he, he uh, trademarked that huge catchphrase. Yeah, oh the humanity! <laughs> it's like let's get ready to rumble <laughs> of its time. He's the, yeah,
1: he, he's yeah he's the uh, he's the Larry Buffer of the yeah, time. Yeah. Um, uh, um, is it Larry Buffer or Mike Buffer? I forget who.
0: Um, I think it might be Mike. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's Larry, Mike, just, it's Larry or Mike. Just uh, Larry A- or A- Mike A- if you're listening, just send us your name on it's uh, tweet certain- at us. <laughs> just tweet at us your actual name.
1: Um but it was like yeah, mo- most people were like listening to Charlie McCarthy or whoever the comedic program was at the time. It was like yeah, most people didn't really buy into it. They like got the they got the bit immediately. Yeah. But like there are other people like who were freaking out because it was like because if you're like a regular person, if like in like a uh, like a kind of non. like city, you know, like, and you're just like listening to your program, whatever it is. And it just cuts off. And a voice you don't know is telling you something sort of important is like, wait, what's going What's happening? It's, should I believe in this? Should I like, Now I should know
0: this, but I wonder, did it have an intro to it? The, the war of the worlds broadcast.
1: I heard a clip in Orson's documentary F for fake.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. And he
1: like, plays like snippets of it towards the end of the movie and he's like – it's like I think it's it's some – it's like Tommy Dorsey's playing or some musician or whatever – and then like uh, Paul Stewart interrupts. Like, we, we interrupt this broadcast to bring you. Was, like, and then Orson Welles is like, "No, it's it's Martians. Martians have landed on." And it's like, it's, Which like is so awesome. It's so cool. It's like really cool when you when you when you listen to it. It's like that's. And then he's like, "But we'll uh, with with that with, until we find further develop uh, development." Here's Lala. Here's Jaja Gabor and his Malonians, and just like all of these like
0: that's so nah, great. Nah,
1: nah, nah, nah. And then you and then it gets interrupted again, and it's just like this big production it's really cool
0: so so genius yeah it's so genius and and not as genius as the um frozen peas or the uh yeah the wine commercial which is
1: great because it's him really like feeling like he's being humiliated and, he, I yeah i mean
0: like you think about that imagine like the great i mean citizen kane mm-hmm. is is one of the greatest movies ever yeah. like it is so unbelievable and he made it when he, he was, made 20 it was 24. 24. Yeah. This is like 50 <laughs> years later. And he's doing a fucking wine commercial. Yeah. And he's like drunk. He's, so, he's like, ah, the French. Oh.
1: Ah, but Paul Masson knows a thing or two about wine. It's gr- uh, and then the frozen peas one, where he literally goes, just like, we know a remote town in Nebraska where Charlie Briggs chops off the finest. You know this is a piece of shit, right? You've, you're giving me you're giving me this to read. If, if you want if you want me to read this, I'll go down on you. But like this, is, and he literally says that, and it's he's so like
0: yeah. There's something so just broken. Yeah, about just him. broken. It's a bummer. I Though, mean, uh,
1: Orson Welles' last on-screen appearance I, I, is as Unicron And in- Transformers the movie, <laughs> yeah, which
0: is also so upsetting.
1: It's so upsetting. It's so like it's so upsetting but it's also like the trajectory of like a man who's so confident it's like he peaks when he's very young right. and then kind of coasts on like you know fucking Lana Turner and Rita Hayworth and like the most beautiful women right. <laughs> of the time Una O'Neill and then just like and, that, and then he's like – he makes movies like Touch of Evil, which is a great movie, but it's him in a fat suit and Charlton Heston dressed up as a Mexican. And then like all these other like – it's like, OK, he's kind of taking it down and then people just forget about him and now he's this old fat man who eats two rare steaks a day and then just like tries to write, tries to direct and then just kind of gives well, up. Well,
0: it's like when you're told at that age like you're a genius, you're a genius and you have everything at your feet. Mm-hmm. Where do you go from there? Where do you go from there? You go to two rare steaks a day? You go to two rare steaks. Why would you want two rare steaks a day?
1: I think that's, again, he could have it. He really could afford it. Yeah, man. I I heard from someone that he preferred his steaks cooked blue, which was like seared a little on top and seared a little on the bottom and that's it. That could be a rumor, but I heard that's like what he ate.
0: That sounds so disgusting, <laughs> like uh, terribly unhealthy. <laughs> but well, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, well, I, I I think your bet, you your bet your life holds up. Mm-hmm. If you had to think of a uh, drinking game to for somebody who's watching this episode or any episode of You Bet Your Life, when when would you have people drink?
1: Um. Ooh, a drinking game on You Bet Your Life. I would say it would have to be something that happens kind of often. I guess anything that would be like. Anything that would be considered a groaner now, right? You would have to like take a shot of something like I don't know, what's a shitty, what, some, what, what by the shittiest vodka you can find.
0: Smirnoff, Smear- Smirnoff. I guess I don't, I don't know. know. There's probably cheaper. Yeah, there's probably there's cheaper. cheaper.
1: Like anytime he says a groaner, do that. Um, I'm very bad at drinking games, so that's the extent of how I know how to play them. But like, yeah, that's you
0: know. all I know. I'd also say anytime. Uh, Groucho just looks disinterested
1: Yeah Anytime, Groucho like asks that 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 dude. Oh, there's something we completely forgot to mention. There's a dude there.
0: Oh yeah, George like, Fenneman. George
1: Fenneman, who's kind of just reading off, it's like you now have you now have two hundred dollars, and that's just all he's there. He's the for announcer,
0: him. but he's like yeah. right there,
1: and he's like he's he is like the the straight man, the Groucho's character, where he's just like, can you can you like can you extend the answer so that I can light my cigar?
0: Yeah, that was a great one, <laughs> which
1: moment. was really funny, and then he's just like. What happened? Like I don't know what happened to him, or if he's been a part of any other show.
0: I think he was a bunch of a, a part of a bunch of radio shows yeah. back in the day. Um,
1: mm. I think anytime he like kind of jokes or, or ribs him, that's a good that's a good thing to take a shot at because the groaner stuff might happen a little too often. Which,
0: yes, yeah. well, but we want to get them trash, <laughs> and also I'd say anytime the guy feeds the woman the answer and the an- woman a- answers without giving any, uh, of her own input. Mm-hmm. You should know oh yeah. Take a drink. It's like,
1: as soon as like we can, the, like the w- the women and the men are confirming. And then the man's like, it's Africa. <laughs> I was like, you take, you take, you take a, a shot. You take a shot. Where but the, the women
0: should, if you're, if a woman's playing the game, you don't take the shot until the man has taken the shot. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you so much, Dave, for dropping by, watching You Bet Your Life. Thank you. Thank you uh, for having me. Um, is there anything you'd like to promote, recommend, uh, or just say to the the public at large before um, this microphone is ripped from your hands?
1: Sure. Um, well, uh, there's uh, the Chris Gethard Show uh, coming up next week is going to be a big one. Uh, it's the guy who likes cream, but not too much cream, is marrying his barista on our sh- on live on the air. Wow! So that be, that's going to be a big event. And uh, if anybody's in New York, the Channies are on Monday, and uh, the this channel
0: might be this might be out the day that this that that is so cool. That well, could be if good. well
1: if you're listening to this in the afternoon, then <laughs> come by at eight p.m. and uh, watch the Channel One Hundred One Awards, uh, a web series I directed called Last Night is up for four nominations. Wow! Congratulations. Including me for Best Director with John Sherbridge and uh, a couple other uh, fun stuff is going on. Falcon Man uh, is a, is a series you should watch. That's really funny. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be fun. And uh, watch Horse Plus Horse, go to Harold Night, and watch my improv team, Good Girl.
0: Do it all, mm-hmm. and do it well, <laughs> and enjoy it, because Dave Blubband is a pleasure to have uh, on the program and a pleasure in real life.
1: It's been a pleasure to be here, Craig. Thanks very much for having
0: me. Thank you for being here. Have a great night. Have a great night. I'd like to thank my guest, Dave Blubband, for dropping by, watching You Bet Your Life. He had a lot of knowledge about the Marx Brothers. It, that was nice. It was refreshing to have some knowledge in the room because I sometimes don't. Uh, Well, sometimes I do, but sometimes I don't. Anyway, it was nice to have him here. Thank you for listening. If you're a fan, uh, like uh, on Facebook, the page if you want, uh, and write a review on iTunes. I would greatly appreciate that. And also, I think we might have some uh, minor to major announcements in the next couple weeks. Some might be minor. Some might be major. There might not be any at all. We don't know what's coming in the future. None of us can really uh, uh, quite... Uh, be prescient about what the future is like, like Ray Bradbury was with the with the 3D uh, uh, rooms and such. Um, so, thanks for listening. Stick around. Uh, we'll see you next week. Have a great night and an early mañana. Adios, amigos.